Hi, thanks for joining us online. We're glad that you've chosen to access this message. It's so encouraging to know that God is using the ministry of Portico Community Church to touch the hearts and lives of people all across the world. If you have a story to share or a prayer request, we would love to hear from you at info at porticocanada.ca. To support our ministry, you can donate online by clicking on the Donate button at the top right of your screen. Once again, we're so glad that you've joined us. It's our prayer that this message from God's Word will deeply impact your life. What in the world is going on out there? I'm sure it's a question that you've asked yourself this week, this month, and this year. As we look around, we wonder what is happening? What is going on? I mean, is God trying to get our attention? Is the world off of his access? Have people lost their minds? What in the world is going on? We know that something significant is happening. In 2017, we've seen some of the most horrific situations in our recent human history. Terrorism has been on the rise on a global scale. I remember back in 2002 when I first began traveling to Israel in that part of the world, terrorism was a localized thing. It happened over there. It didn't happen over here. And we didn't see it as our problem. We saw it as their problem. But all you have to do is open up a newspaper or scroll through your news feeds and you'll find out very quickly that it's happening over here as well. How did we get this way? How did it get so far? We see these mass shootings in the United States, and they're, they're escalating at an alarming rate. There's more of them. The casualties are worse. The tragedies and the loss is more significant. Natural disasters are constantly and consistently in the headlines. In our opening video this morning was just a small reminder of some of the things that we've gone through in just the last couple of months. And what are we to make of such things? Have you ever stopped and asked yourself, why is this happening? I know a lot of people are. And people are asking, where is God? Where is God in the midst of all this? He's in control. He's in charge. Where is he? And why is all of this stuff going on? Has he lost control in the midst of all of this chaos? And how do we, as people of faith, how do we respond to people who approach us and say, where is your God? It's a real question, and we really want to look at it this morning. I would be very discouraged if we were on our own. I would be very disheartened if there wasn't a God in heaven who reminds me of what he said he would do in his word. And speaking about these end times, speaking about to the chaos, to all these things that were going to happen in the end, Jesus responds, and he gives us some assurance In Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, he says the following. In the second half of the verse, he says, and be sure of this. I love what he says. Be sure of this. Not, you know what, it might happen. It depends on how good you are. It depends on how many times a week you go to church. It doesn't say that. It says, and be sure, absolutely sure of this. I am with you, what? I am with you always. And whether you're here in this room today or you're somewhere watching online, that promise is for you. He says, I am with you always. That means there is never a moment when he's not there. You know, last week we spoke about the signs and the stars. We saw the the extravagant 
but measures that God took to remind us that he was in that he, was, um, that he loved us and he placed these signs in the heavens. And some of you are really disappointed right now that I'm not wearing my orange spacesuit. Right? Okay, you're not. And so we saw the, the measures that God went to to get our attention. And, and today we're looking at signs, not only that he left for his disciples during his generation, but do you know that God is still giving us signs today? You know, last week we talked about how you passed hundreds of signs on the way into church. It wasn't that they weren't there. They were there, but they have become such a part of our view. They've become such a part of our drive that we don't even see them anymore. They're there, but we don't really pay attention. How many times has somebody said, oh, I'm so sorry, I didn't see the sign. They said, I didn't see you there. Really, I'm standing right here, and people are so focused on their little three-and-a-half-inch screens that they forget to look at the world around them. And I'm guilty of that, too, okay? I'm not just saying that to you. Or maybe it's not that we don't pay attention. Maybe we've become so desensitized to the violence because of the volume that we're seeing. Now, I know to some of you, I'm just a young buck. And to a lot of you, I'm an old guy, okay? But in the 47 short years that I've been on this earth, I've seen a lot of change. I remember being a young boy watching cartoons or or, or shows on television, and there were certain words you would never hear. You did not say. There were certain situations you would never see on TV, and now we see them all the time, and they've become normal. And if you don't attest to that level of normality, you're weird, you're outdated, you're old school. And so we become desensitized to what's going on around us. Has God given us signs for today? Because we ask him, God, where are you in the midst of all that's going on in this world? That video we saw, where are you? The truth is, Jesus was actually very clear about what would happen in the days to come. And we're not the only culture, we're not the only generation to ever ask, what's going on? What can we expect? God, are you going to be with us? How am I going to get through this? We're not the only ones to ask that. Even the disciples, the ones who walked with Jesus, who lived with him, who slept around a campfire with him and saw the miracles and heard the sermons, they too at the end, they asked him, what is going on? How are we going to get through this? And so referring to the end times, Jesus said the following in Matthew chapter 24. Verses 6 through 8, it's a portion of Scripture that we've all heard very well, especially when it comes to the end times. And he says, you will hear of rumors, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you're not alarmed, for such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Then he goes on and he says, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, He says there will be famines and earthquakes in various places, and all these are but the beginning of the birth pains. He didn't say it's the delivery. He didn't say it was the due date. He said when you began to see all of these things, it was the beginning of the birth pains. Now, you can speak to any woman in this room, and if you're online and you're a woman and you've had a baby, you can speak to this. The birthing process is not a quick one. I know you wish it was. 
Now, if there's one lady who's had a baby who can relate to this, I want you to come and talk to me after the service because I'd be really interested in interviewing you. How many women, when you were you're pregnant and you knew your due date was right around the corner, you woke up one morning and said, oh, I have a little pain in my side. Oh, there's the baby. <laughs> Did that happen to anyone? Got a little cramp. Oh, Johnny's born. Anyone? No, it never happens that fast. It's a process. It's a long process, and sometimes it's a painful process. And Jesus said, when you begin to see all of these things, you need to understand that we're entering into this season. He says it's the beginning, and so we're actually without excuse because the Bible is very clear about things that are going to happen and we've been so busy and so focused on ourselves. And if you don't believe that we're such a self-focused community, we had to invent a word to take pictures of ourselves. A selfie. How many grandparents, you never heard that word before until the smartphone revolution. We're so focused on ourselves. We see everything through this little device. We're always looking down. And sometimes we forget to look up. Not only see the sky, but also to see the people, the world, and the events that are happening around us. But Jesus said, he was very clear, that it's actually our responsibility. We need to know how to read the times. And so he asked a question of his generation that I think I can ask you today. He was speaking about the clouds and the winds and the rains and all of these things. And he said, you know all these things that are going on. But then in Luke twelve fifty six, he says, how is it that you don't know how to interpret this present time? He says, how can you not know what's going on? He said, I told you what was going to happen so that you would not be afraid so that you could take comfort. Well, last week we saw how clear God was, right? To put signs in in the heavens to drive us towards the glory of God, which we learned is the Son of God, the Messiah. Now, how many people learned one new thing last week? Anyone? Six people on this side of the room. One guy on this side of the room. Anyone online, please say that you learned something. Type it out, please. Let me ask again. How many people learned one new thing last week about the level of love that God has for us and how much intent he put into creation? Well, I invited you to come out on Tuesday night, and it was awesome. We had over 300 people. This entire section was full. It was great to see all of our portico people come out and learn and go deeper into the Word of God. But we've designed these Tuesday nights to be an invitational event. So now we're two sermons in. You've heard a Tuesday night. You know what the content is. And I know that you know someone who could benefit from this. So be praying about who you can invite to come out on a Tuesday night as we continue to look at the stars and the signs that God has placed in the heavens. And so God gave us signs in the heavens, but what about here on earth? What about to help us understand these times? How do we make sense of the chaos? Well, he did that too. He gave us these signs. And I want to reiterate what he said at the beginning in Matthew 28, 20, because this is so key, because sometimes we feel alone. When we're going through a a struggle, we're going through a difficult situation, we feel like we're in the eye of the storm, and we're barely keeping our head above waters, and we say, God, where are you? Why have you left me? Why why are you allowing me to go through this? And we ask God, where are you? And Jesus responds again and he says, I am with you always. Last week, remember the phrase for for the sermon was, God loves you on 
purpose. How many did that? Did you wake up in the morning and say, God loves me on purpose? Awesome. It was great. I got tweets from people and, and hashtags and stuff and saying, hey, Joe, God loves you too. I said, oh, thank you. It's nice to know that I'm loved too, but we, we said that God loves you on purpose, and this week we want to add to that. Not only does he love you on purpose, but God is with you always. God is with you always. So when your life and the world around you is plunging into chaos, I want you just to stop for a moment. Take your eyes off of the circumstance. Look up and see that he's there with you. You know, so many times when we watch these, you know, these uh, shows, you know, these crime shows, you see people go to so much work, they want to get rid of all evidence to say that they weren't there at the scene, right? God actually does the opposite. God leaves his fingerprints on your circumstances on purpose. So that when you get through it, and you know what? You're going to get through it. I know it doesn't feel like it right now. Some of you are saying, I can barely keep my head above water. My legs are getting tired. I don't know how much longer I can tread. You're going to get through it. And when you do, you can look back. And you're going to see his fingerprints all over the crime scene in your life. He was there. He never left you. It's hard to see it in the time. But when we look back, we see that he was there. And so God gives us signs. And yes, he gives us all of these spiritual signs. And he gives us these natural signs in the skies. But there are also signs that are around us that we can read. And we don't need people to interpret them for us. Let me give you an example. Can we talk about Friday morning, please? Was anybody out on Friday morning before the sun came up? Yeah. It was minus 18 degrees Celsius with a wind chill. Okay? The coldest November 10th on record in 80 years. Now, when I got out to my car, or actually, when I got out the front door and the cold attacked me, it wasn't even nice about it. It attacked my face. And then I went to open my door, and the door wouldn't open because it was frozen shut. Then I finally reefed it open. I went to turn on my windshield wipers, and they went, nope. Too cold, not moving. I did not need a meteorologist to tell me that I should probably have a coat on. Because usually in the morning, I don't like to put my coat on because when I get in the car, I get too hot. And so my coat was in the car from the night before, so it was freezing already. And I was in my t-shirt. I didn't need anyone to tell me, you should probably have a coat on. I was able to interpret the times. I was able to interpret the signs. And God says we should be able to interpret the signs. I didn't need anybody to tell me I should probably have a coat on, maybe some gloves, a half and skirt, uh, scarf if you, can, if you can swing it. Now, what about other kinds of signs? We talked about street signs last week. You know that your body can serve as a sign to people? Without saying a single word, you can make a statement to someone. You don't believe me? I'm going to talk to all the husbands in the room for a second. Wives, tune out for 30 seconds. Men, how many times have you, you know you did something? You know it. But we got to ask anyways. Honey, what's wrong? Every man in this room knows the answer. Nothing. How many men have ever experienced that? Two men raised their hands. Wow, you're brave. You're brave. 
And so there are signs all around us. They come in all shapes and sizes. And the truth is God is regularly speaking to us. On a regular basis, he chooses to communicate with humanity through direct and indirect signs and symbols in the world around us. And that's actually our first point, is that God gives signs to understand the times in which we live. Now, generally speaking, what I've noticed from reading the Scriptures is that the more chaotic the situation, the more epic the sign was that God gave to let man know that he was with them. Let me give you an example. Let me take you all the way back to the beginning of the Bible to the story of Noah. We know about this. <clears throat> the Bible is clear, and it says that uh, the world had become so violent and evil that men thought all day long of how to perform evil. And by watching that video we showed you this morning and by, by reading about all these events happening in the world, you wonder, my God, how do people come up with this evil? It's not just that we're doing more of it, but the evil is becoming greater and greater. And Noah had the same situation. And God said, the only solution is to hit the reset button. (laughs) How many have ever had to do that on a computer? For those of us who have Macs, the spinning color wheel of death. On the PC, it's the, um, what is it? The what? No, the, the sand thing, the sand goes... Hourglass, oh my goodness, yes. And what do you do? You hit control, alt, delete, control, alt, delete, control, alt, delete. Force quit, force quit, force quit, and it laughs at you saying, nope, nope, nope. And then your last resort. You've tried everything. You've tried to restore it. You've tried to bring it back up. You wait, you go get a coffee. You pray, you're anointed with oil. You do everything. And then he said, my only solution is, it's gotten so bad, the only solution is to hit reset. And that's what God does. He hits reset. And then he makes a promise and he says, says, I'm never going to do this again. Sometimes God gives us a sign to tell us what he's going to do. But sometimes he gives us a sign to remind us of something that he won't do. He says, this will never happen again. And every time you look up at the sky, you're going to remember the promise that I made. But you got to wonder when Noah came, came out of that boat and he, and he looked around him and he saw the destruction and the chaos that now the world was in and everything had to start all over again. I wondered if he wondered, God, why did this happen? And there might be people that are in the room this morning. There might be people who are watching online. There might be people who watch this video in five years from now, whenever it is, and you're saying, God, where are you? In the midst of all this, why did this happen? Well, God gave them a sign that he wasn't a destroyer, but that he was a protector. And next week, we're going to look and see how God has placed signs, both in the heavens and within our lives, to remind us of the promises that he said that he would keep. And we're going to learn next week, God keeps his promises. So not only did he give us signs in the sky and the heavens and the earth around us, even Jesus when he was here, he gave signs. And some of them were so simple and they were misunderstood at the time, but now we look back, we see God's fingerprints. In Matthew chapter 24, we have a story of Jesus and his disciples walking through the temple complex. 
And King Herod the Great had spent over 40 years building this massive complex with tens of thousands of slaves and workers who built this thing. And Jesus said, first of all, destroy it and I'll rebuild it in three days. And they said, excuse me? He was talking about the sign of his body being broken for three days in the grave and that after three days that he would, it would be repaired. He would come back to life. But even more than that, he said, do you see all these things? You see this beautiful building? I'm telling you, not one stone within this generation, not one stone will be left on one another. All of it, everything is going to be thrown down. And they said, no way. No one can ever destroy this building. It is so strong. It is so fortified. Herod built it to the highest standards. There's no way this wall is going to come tumbling down. And exactly as Jesus said, within one generation, on August 10th, 70 AD, the temple was destroyed. Now, I want you to look at this picture. This is a picture of the rocks in the streets of Jerusalem exactly as they fell on August 10th, 70 AD, when the Romans pushed down the wall, the rocks fell. And look at them. Not one of them is stacked on top of one another. Just like Jesus said, it came to pass. He gave us sign after sign. The Bible says that he made the sun stand still. He gave us the, the plagues, um, signs to Egypt. We had the parting of the waters for Joshua in chapter 3. The promise of the Holy Spirit and the tongues of fire in Acts 2.22. On and on it goes that God has given signs to remind us that he's there in the midst. Now one of them that really spoke to me was uh, this next one I'm going to show you in just a moment. Um, or now. <laughs> I was in Jerusalem and I have a friend there who's, he's not a rabbi, but he may as well be. The guy is just brilliant, wisdom, a young, young Jewish man. And he said, with the technology of drones, we can see things today that we couldn't see 50 years ago. Because of the vantage point, there's two verses in the Bible where God said that he would write his name on the land of Israel as a sign that he was the God of the people and now through drone, through drone technology, the two cities that the Bible says is, God will write his name between Jerusalem and Shiloh. And right between Jerusalem and Shiloh, this drone was able to find this image. And if I had the ability to zoom in, I would show you that right in that yellow circle are the four letters that make up the name of God. Yahweh. Literally, God said he would write his name on the land, and he wrote it exactly where he said he would write it, between Jerusalem and Shiloh. God is a keeper of his word. Come on. Yeah. Now, the disciples, surely they didn't need a sign from God. They were with Jesus. They got to walk with him. They ate with him. They lived with him. They went everywhere with him. Surely they didn't need a sign. Are you kidding? Their lives went to chaos in a matter of hours, and they were wondering, where is God? One moment, they are literally rock stars in the land 2,000 years ago. Everywhere they were, there were crowds. People were throwing themselves at their feet. Please take us to Jesus. Please let us be touched by him so that we can be healed. And everywhere he went, he had the biggest crowds. He was the talk of the town, man. He was trending on Twitter. He was the thing. And in one day, it's like this. It's great. They have a meal together, and a few hours later, their lives were turned upside down. The Messiah that they were giving their lives to follow was now dead. A few hours before, they're in the streets with him. People 
chanting his name as he rides the donkey in through the eastern gate, and now they're cuddled and they're huddled in this room, hiding for their lives, afraid to show their faces. They went from the top to the bottom. And you know, some of us feel that way. One moment, we're riding high. The waves are good, man. Things are are great. There's money in the bank. The marriage is good. The children are great. Our health is great. And then one report, one phone call, one email, one text. And we're like the disciples. We're like, God, where are you? I was with you yesterday. Why are you not with me today? And just like them, we can have the same question. You know, and they were sitting in that upper room. I'm just going to kind of suppose a little bit. They must have been talking and saying, what went wrong? It was going so well. He had fulfilled the messianic miracles. He had the crowds. He was doing everything. He even fulfilled prophecy as he was hanging on the cross. Joel told us that one day that the the sun would be blocked out and would be blackened and that the blood, the moon would be turned to blood. And all that happened at 3 o'clock on April 3rd, 33 AD. As Jesus is hanging on the cross, this begins to rise. Look at this picture. It's the blood moon. And it's hovering over Jerusalem. God had given signs to them so that they would know that he was there even in the midst of the chaos, even in the midst of their most difficult time. God was there. And he gave them another sign, just in case that one sign wasn't enough. Jesus the Son, the S-O-N, was the Lamb of God, right? And the Lamb of God on Passover is being crucified. He's nailed to that tree, and he's dying for the sins of humanity. And up in the sky above them, It happens every year during April. There's a constellation in the sky called Aries. And Aries is a picture of a lamb or a goat. And as they're sacrificing lambs on earth, all they had to do was look up to the sky and they would have seen that there was a lamb in heaven. And at April 3rd, 33 AD, 3 o'clock exactly as the sun was coming through the sky, as Jesus, the son, the lamb of God, was dying on earth, The sun, the actual sun, was being trampled on by the lamb at the exact same time on Passover. God has given signs. And the second point is this, is that God gives us signs to help us, to reveal what's to come, to help us to understand what's coming. So when we see these news reports that I showed you this morning, that we're not surprised by them, we know that these days were coming. But it's not that they were coming, it's that he would be with us through it. The Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, gets a glimpse of what's to come, and he writes to Timothy. In 2 Timothy 3, 1 and 5, I'm going to read you parts of it. Tell me if it resonates a little bit with what's going on in our culture. He says, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days, there's going to be difficult times. Does that relate? There's difficult times. He says, people... They're going to love only themselves and their money. They're going to be boastful, proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful. They're going to consider nothing sacred. They'll be unloving, unforgiving, and they're going to slander people. They're going to have no self-control, and they're going to hate what is good. Does that resonate with anyone? And so we were told that these things would come. But he didn't give us the signs to predict the days that they were going to happen. How often have people, Christian or not, have they tried to um, prophesy and tell us about the end of the world? 
The last one I told you was September 23rd. We're not supposed to be here. We're all supposed to be gone. A planet was supposed to crash into it, into us because they read the signs of the times, but they used it for predictive purposes. But when you do that, you risk. You risk error. God didn't give us these signs to predict what was coming. He gave them to us so that when we look back, they bring us comfort because we see, look at what God did on the day he said he was going to do it. Come on, we had the Y2K. How many of you stocked up on brown beans? And extra water, because that's it. At midnight, the world was going to end. The Mayans told us it was going to end in 2012. We had the September 23rd planetary alignment. All of this, God doesn't give it to us to scare us. He doesn't do it to predict, but to reflect, because we'll look back. We're like, wow, God. All throughout history, you were there. You were with me. You never left me. Before I show you a video in a moment, I want to share a verse with you, a very, very famous portion of Scripture as we talk about the end times. And Jesus is having a conversation with his disciples, and and he's warning them, he's telling them about some of the things that are to come and what to look for. And 2,000 years ago, he said this, watch out that no one deceives you. Let me say that again. Watch out that no one deceives you. So when you hear September 23rd, when you hear December 2012, when you hear Y2K, when you hear, he says, watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name claiming that I'm the Messiah, and they will deceive many, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you're not alarmed, for such things must happen, but the end is still to come. And I'm reiterating, and he says, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There'll be famines and earthquakes in various places. And again, all these things are the beginning of birth pains. Do you believe that God speaks to us today? Yeah, let me ask you online. Do you believe that God speaks to you today? I believe that God can speak to us through a number of ways. And one of the most powerful ways for me is that he speaks to us through creation. He said he would, and he does. Now, a few weeks ago, maybe even two months ago now, a friend of mine sent me a video because they know that I love anything to do with space and NASA and the Hubble Space Telescope. And they sent me this link, and they said, you've got to watch this video. 60 Minutes did a special uh, about the Hubble Space Telescope, and it's, they're kind of like celebrating some of the best pictures it took, and they put a video compilation together. And I was like, yeah, right on. I'm going to watch that. So I hit play, and I'm watching this video Wow, right, Orion Nebula, and I'm seeing all these, these planets, and I'm seeing nebulas and, and galaxies, and I'm blown away. Then I get to this special report they did on the planet Jupiter, and I couldn't help but right in the middle of the video, I began to cry. I was so moved. Let me share this video with you and then explain to you why it moved me so much. Astronomer Heidi Hamill specializes in Hubble's work within our solar system. With the telescope, she saw huge fragments of a comet slam into Jupiter, creating giant impacts. When I first heard that a comet was going to hit Jupiter, my reaction was, eh, so what? Jupiter's huge, comets are small. And so when I saw the first impact site, and it was huge and dark, I was flabbergasted. 
this is where the comet has smacked into the planet at such a high velocity that it's caused an explosion, the equivalent of many, many millions of atomic bombs. The Earth is the size of that ring. And so if this event had happened on Earth... We're gone. Yeah, we, we call that a biosphere-changing event, <laughs> which basically means we'd be gone. Look real close at this video. You're going to see a quick spark on the top right. Boom. Did you see that? One more time. It's going to happen here. It's going to loop. You're going to see a spark. There it is. You see that? That tiny little impact, that was where the comet slammed into Jupiter, and a guy had a telescope in his backyard and happened to catch it. And here's what really got me, and this is what moved me to tears, was that comet, when it slammed, you heard her say it, the impact it made on Jupiter, it was the size of the planet Earth. That means that if Jupiter wasn't there and that thing kept coming through the solar system, if it would hit us, that was March 17th, 2016. That could have been the end of humanity. But Jupiter got in the way and took the impact. Now, why is that important? Because I know this, that in Judaism, Jupiter is called the king planet. See, all the planets are called kings. So Jupiter, being the biggest, is called the king of kings. And on March 17th, 2016, which was the week of Passover, the king of kings took upon itself the price of death that we were deserving. And when I saw that, I began to cry. I said, God, you're still showing us how much you love us the way you've orchestrated the heavens, the way you've aligned the planets, the way you've put it all together, you're still showing me that you love me, that you love me on purpose and that you love me with purpose. I don't know about you, but I find that so incredibly encouraging. And he did all this. He gives us all these signs. This is the final point. He gave us all these signs to give us hope to give us hope, not to be afraid that, yes, we're going to pass through troubled waters. Yes, we're going to go through difficult times. Yes, we're going to have, we're going to be witness to all these terrible and horrible things that are going on around us, and we're going to feel like we're drowning sometimes. And yes, all these things are happening, but he gave us these signs to give us hope so that we would know that he was with us. John sixteen thirty three. This is the second last verse I want to give you this morning. Jesus is speaking about what's going to happen in the last days. And he says, listen, I, I've told you all this so that you might have peace. He says, I, I didn't tell you this stuff to scare you. I, I didn't tell you this stuff to, to freak you out and, and, and to cause pandemonium. No, no, I gave you this for the exact opposite. I gave this all to you so that you would have peace. And then he says, because here on earth, you're going to have many trials and tribulations and sorrows, but... He says, take heart, be at rest, be at peace, because I have, not I will, not I might. He says, I have overcome the world. And I'm going to close with this verse. He says again, be sure of this. I am with you always. Because even to the end of the age, and the word for age there in the Greek is where we get the word eon from. The word is aeon. And it means an unbroken amount of time. It's perpetual. It's eternal. Jesus wasn't just promising his disciples that he would be with them. 
He's not only saying he's going to be here with us and with your kids and with your grandkids. He says to the very end of time itself, I will be with you. And nothing or no one will be able to rip you out of the palm of my hand. Folks, can we stand this morning? And in just a moment, we're going to be led into a time of worship by our team. And I don't know about you, but I'm so grateful for this team leading us week after week, taking us into the presence of God, creating an atmosphere where we sense him. And I'm praying that through this service, through this message, that you've sensed his presence. And whether it was the sign to Noah, whether it was the sign of the temple stones, writing his name on the mountains of Israel, the blood moon at the time of Jesus, the sun under the foot of Aries, and all of these other celestial signs, whatever they are, the message is always the same. He loves you on purpose. And he's with you always. Let's worship that God who loves us with purpose. Let's worship that God who loves us always. Hallelujah. How great is his faithfulness that the one who gave his life for us over 2,000 years ago is still reminding us that he's still taking the impact and penalty of sin and death for you and for I. That's a God worth serving. Amen? As you go, just let me encourage you to do a couple of things. If you want to go deeper into this, we're going to really go deep on Tuesday night as we look at the alignment of the planets in our, in our solar system and see how God has ordained for these things to be where they are, it's going to blow your mind. Not the information that I give, but to see what God is doing. And if this is something that has blessed you, then you can get a copy of Story in the Stars. If you just go around the corner, when you come out the main room here, go to the left, Karen is there, and there's a table. If you want to get the video to go further, or you feel like there's somebody you want to share it with. What we said about Jupiter is in that video. If that's something you think somebody needs to hear, then make sure you avail yourself of that. And also, if you're new to Portico and you've been just kind of hanging out with us for a few weeks or a few months and you'd maybe like to learn a little bit more about us and even meet some of our staff, then uh, head out to the, uh, the, the cafe, the atrium. As you go out through the main doors, just before on the right-hand side, pop in. We'd love to share a coffee and espresso with you and just say hi to you. So if you can come on Tuesday, we'd love to see you there. If not... We'll see you next Sunday. Know that he loves you on purpose and he's with you always. Amen? Amen. God bless you.